to Alive and Active. This is Mike Bliss, and I'm here with Coach Ron Brown, and we're very excited to bring this show to you. It's our introductory show. Coach, are you excited about this? I'm thrilled, Mike. Alive and Active. That's what we've named the show, and it's great to be here with you, man. Ron, I love you, that music too, bro. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. We love that. And and I, I will tell you, uh, uh, Ron, you're a state treasurer, and I'm very, very glad to do this with you. It's a privilege to be able to uh, to, to dive into God's Word and, uh, and and watch how the Lord will use His Word uh, to those that are listening. So thank you for this opportunity. Well, you're my brother in Christ, man. We've been friends for a long time, Mike. And you know what I love it, man? You and I are both not only citizens of America, we're citizens of heaven, and we get to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't represent any university, any business, any system out there, any, uh, you know, all the things that we could represent, special interest groups. We don't represent, represent any of that, man. We just represent the Lord Jesus Christ. We want men and women, boys and girls, whoever listening to the show, to understand how much the Word of God is so important in our culture. And Mike, you know, we're living in a, in a darkening culture. As time goes on, we're called to be shining lights. Amen, Coach. Well said. And Coach, as I say in Isaiah 55, 11, God says His Word will go out and not return void. It'll accomplish what He wants it to. And that's why it's so exciting to be a part of this, to see how He's going to use this uh, for His kingdom. Yeah, so so speaking of that, Mike, let's just dive in, man. Let's just get going. Yes. That's enough of an introduction, man. Let's get on with the Word of God. You know, as I've gone through the life of David, I'm astounded by—it starts right back there in 1 Samuel chapter 16, Mike, in the Old mm, Testament. Yes. And, if, and if any of you are, are, are ready to open your Bibles and dusting off out of that Old Testament, and, you know, there might be some dust flying and so forth because maybe we haven't been in that Old Testament very much. Maybe we have. But this is a very familiar verse. Mike, why don't you read 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, regarding young David? Absolutely. This is 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7. Hmm. Well, you know, Mike, as, as, I, as I think about that, the Lord does not look on the outward appearance, but rather he looks on the heart. That is pretty much opposite how we've been evaluated over the, over our lifetime. Absolutely. And most of the people probably in the audience the same way. And guess what, Mike? Many of us as followers of Jesus Christ, where we've, we've uh, uh, trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, His death and resurrection, to pay for our sins, His reminder through His resurrection that He truly is God, even though we've, we've maybe some of us have been following Him for years, we have a tendency to be very outward appearance oriented. Wouldn't you say that's true? Absolutely. Our culture, it's definitely a sign of the times, and there's no question that that's true. That's why this verse is so so cutting and so appropriate for today. Yeah, and you know, Mike, as I was, as I was reading through 1 Samuel, you remember the Israelites wanted this king, and, and the Lord was like telling Samuel, why do they want a king, man? They got me. And, and the, the people were like, no, we want a king. Everybody wants to be relevant. Everybody seems like they want to do what everybody else does. So all these other nations had kings. So we want a king, Israel is saying. 
And so God says, okay, Samuel, allow, you know what? They're going to have a king. And sure enough, as we see prior to 1 Samuel 16, we see Saul being selected as the king. And he fit the outward appearance, Mike. I mean, this was a tall guy, six foot four inches, they say, and and probably the tallest man in Israel at the time. Probably a great looking guy. He looked the part of a king. But when you looked under the hood, Mike, it's like a pretty car in the driveway. It looks good. It looks like it run fast. And he had potential to run fast. But under the hood, there was problems. Yes. yes right? No I mean, question. there were attitude yes, issues with, yes. with Saul, as we find out later. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. Well said there. And uh, uh, no question about the, the difference between Saul and then David. And that's why we have to be really careful as to how we evaluate people. We have a tendency looking at height, weight, how, how, how good somebody looks is pleasing to the eye. We look at skin color a lot. We look at, you know, what, what type of, uh, how they speak. We look at their educational backgrounds. We like credentials. We like yeah. to put things up on our walls to say, I've been educated here. Uh, you know, in my world, in the sports world, yes. Mike, you know, we're always bragging, Ron Brown included. Yeah. I'm raising my right hand. You know, we have a tendency sometimes of bragging where we We've been, what we've done, uh, we've won this, we've won that, uh, you know, all that stuff. But the reality of it is what we're going to dive into today, Mike, is what truly is under the hood and why is that so important to God? Oh, that's great, Coach. I'm really excited for this. Yeah. So, you know, as we as we look at that verse, Mike, remember, it, it comes right off of the brink of of these, you know, this, this uh, opportunity to select a new king. Yes. God wants a new king. Because he knew Saul was going to fail, but the people wanted Saul, and he sure enough, just like God told Samuel, look, it's all going to come out in a wash. (laughs) You're going to see the reality of Saul. You're going on what looks pretty, but under the hood, it's not going to be good. So sure enough, Saul does some things that we don't have time in today's show to really talk all that through, but Saul fails. And, And just as God had predict had known, predicted, you could say God knows everything, so now it's time to pick a new king. Now Saul's still in, in place as the king, but now we're going to pick the next king. So here comes Samuel to, to decide on this. And sure enough, those first three guys, David's brothers, walk in, and they probably kind of fit the same model as Saul. They're good-looking guys. They're probably big guys. Uh, they have potential to be fighters and soldiers. And Samuel's like, hey, surely these yeah, got to yeah, be the so cats, right? Got, yeah, yeah. And do we not do that ourselves? Absolutely. Absolutely. Even Samuel himself was doing it. He does. The, the, The man whom God had set in stone to, as a judge, to lead the people according to him. And Samuel was a good man. That's what I'm saying, Mike. There are many of us who are who love the Lord. We want to do it right. But we have to die to the outward appearance. It doesn't mean that we don't take care of our outward appearance. It simply means that that's not the principal thing we're looking at. Right. we got to look at the heart. And, and that's—I've seen it in the sports world for years, man. You know, like here at, at, at the place where I coach at, the University of Nebraska, how many walk-ons, how many two-star, one-star guys— uh, who have turned out to be great players. Why? Because we looked under the hood. We didn't just evaluate them on their size and their speed. We looked under the hood, and we looked at their heart, et cetera, et cetera. And so God is doing that with, 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 uh, through Samuel with David. And he's, he's saying, no, Samuel, these three, these older brothers that looked apart, 
That's not it. Yeah. Let's don't fall in the same trap that we fall that we've already fallen in with Saul. Sam Samuel's thinking they're five star recruits. Yeah, he's thinking these are, he's gotta be the guys. Yeah. They look the part. Yeah. And we love what looks the part. But then David comes and finally, he's the final son. They finally wrestle him in there, and they and he is the least likely looking guy, as if you have to look a certain way to be a king. But Obviously, we know the story that Samuel says, no, that's our man. God says, that's our man. And he reminds us in verse 7, stop looking on the outward appearance. Mm. Look upon the heart. That's where God looks at. So I stop right now and ask the audience, how are you all evaluating? Because you know what? You and I fall into that trap of of evaluations like that, Absolutely, absolutely. Through our friendship, man, we've done that hundreds of times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can all fall into this if we're not on guard, if we're not careful. Sometimes we overrate people because yes. they looked apart. Yeah. And, and there's other times we underrate people because they don't look apart. But we got to get God's view on it. And so, Mike, I thought it would be good to give a good proverb. You know, I love proverbs, and nice. we're going to dive into proverbs on Alive and Active quite often, Mike, because proverbs, uh, it's, it's a book of wisdom. What is wisdom? Hakma. Skill in godly living. And so it's a skill set, Mike. And God loves to give wisdom. And if we don't have wisdom, then we're playing with way less than a half a deck of cards. We're, we're missing a great ball game. Yeah. Wisdom will, open, will open, open our eyes. Godly wisdom will open our eyes to understand the truth of the Scripture and then to practically, Mike, apply it. So there's a there's a really there's some great examples in the book of Proverbs, but I wanted to jump all the way to Proverbs chapter thirty, verses twenty four through twenty eight, and um, let me read this, Mike, uh, so our audience can pick it up. Some of y'all might be driving in the car. Just uh, keep your eyes on the uh, ahead of you, and and we'll we'll do the reading. You just just ask the Lord to help you to concentrate. So we start with verse 24, chapter 30, Proverbs 30, starting with verse 24. We're going to read through 28. It says, There are four things which are little on the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. The rock badgers are a feeble folk, yet they make their homes in the crags or the rocks. The locusts have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. The spider, or some translations would say the lizard, skillfully grasps with its hands, and it is in king's palaces. Now, that is, you know, Mike, when I first became a believer some 40 years ago or so, I read through that, and it astounded me. I thought of these four creepy crawling kind of animals that are really considered little on the earth. I mean, when you think yeah. of those animals, wouldn't you say, I mean, these guys aren't the lions and the tigers no, no, and the elephants, and, right? Right. Absolutely. And the ant. I mean, think of, look how tiny an ant is. Yeah. But, but, but see, God is saying, look, I want you guys to learn something from the animal kingdom here. Mm. I mean, we don't worship animals. No. And we don't treat them with the same equality and value that we have for people. So I'm not trying to equate that. But what I am saying that there is a place for animals, obviously, in the animal kingdom. God has them here for great reasons. 
<clears throat> one of the reasons is that there's wisdom in their creation and, and in their hardwiring. So the ant, Mike, is hardwired and considered exceedingly wise by God here, as, as Solomon writes this, uh, under the inspiration of God. They are exceedingly wise because they're not strong in, in comparison to, to human beings, but they prepare their food in the summer. In other words, they're really good at preparation. Yes. They do not procrastinate. No. And you know, Mike, when I was a kid, I used to watch those ants go down in those holes with the little cookie crumbs yeah. and bring them down in there. And, and, and then uh, they, they, would, they would keep taking these little pebbles and moving them, and they were building their homes, and they were preparing for that winter, Mike. And then I would watch them and watch them, and then finally I'd take my basketball. You know, I was about six, seven years old, and I would just bang, bang. Yeah. I would ruin their home. I would dribble it right on top of the ant hill, <laughs> scuff around all the cookie crumbs, Mike. And those poor ants, you would think they would get all depressed. They would get all um, hurt. And then what? They would stop and quit, right? That's what you would think. But. But what? But they immediately, because I remember this as a kid as well, when you stepped on them, yeah. they would immediately just go start rebuilding. That's right. They, they would just continue on. They had this preparation mindset. Mm. And they were hardwired. Mm. So that's something we should learn. That's great. We have we pr- prepare now for that future day. We should be preparing for the next kingdom when Christ returns, and we <laughs> there's going to be a heaven's coming to earth, Mike, at some point. Yes, and we have something to look forward to. So we're preparing that way. And, and with that mindset, we don't get discouraged over those kinds of things. So living with an eternal mindset. An eternal mindset, Mike. That's exactly right. A biblical worldview. So then we look at verse 26, the rock badgers. Now think about them. Hmm. Anything to write home about there? <laughs> you don't see them on the, no. you know, on the cover of uh, what are those uh, hunting magazines and yeah, so no. forth. I mean, that, that's not a big prize to a lot of people. But the rock badgers, it says, are a feeble folk, yet they make their homes in the crags. They're up high, Mike. They're coney. That's another term for them is coney, C-O-N-E-Y. And and they're up high. And when they're up in these in these strong rocks on the side of cliffs and mountains and so forth, it's hard for for predators to get to them. Plus, the winds and the heavy weather and everything doesn't seem to flush them out as easy. Their homes last. So I think there, the wisdom that they have is that they have a strong foundation, Mike. Mm. They have a really strong foundation. We need a strong foundation. Mike, little kids just think. But grown-up people who are maturing are supposed to be thinking about their thinking. Do you have a weak foundation? You fall all apart every time you hear something on social media that doesn't, uh, you know, match up to what you wanted to hear. When when the when the coach says, "Hey, I'm going to put you on the second team and remove you from the starting position for this game and move that other guy who's younger than you ahead of you," do you fall apart and collapse, or do you have a strong foundation? When you get fired from your job, Mike, you and I have been fired. Yes, yep. man. Oh man, we've been fired. I've been fired many times in the coaching world. And yet, what's my response? What kind of a foundation do I have? Is it going to last through the difficulties, or is it just crumble every time there's a circumstance? Just being able to handle that adversity, Coach, just the Lord's using that, can use that to prune us and make us stronger and and, and just move closer to Him. Yeah, and you know, the friction really should turn into traction. 
Um, and we're going to talk about that as time goes on, Mike. But um, we have to. We have to again. The only the way to view this is from God's point of view. He's saying even though these animals are considered weak, they have some strong attributes. So we've gone through preparation with the ant. We've gone through foundation with the rock badger. Verse twenty seven says the locusts have no king yet. They all advance in ranks. They're very organized, Mike, even without a, like a kind of a natural leader there. And, you know, sometimes we, leadership is important. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Right. But there are some things that, like, let's say in this country, Mike, look, we don't always have to have a, a, a sign that tells us what to do, right? Right. We don't always have to have a law in front of us. Now, we need those things. Those are important. Don't don't get me. I mean, government is very important, and right government is very important, as we know. But we have to be able to govern ourselves, so to speak. There's got to be a, a code inside of us, and when we know Jesus Christ, we can start figuring out what is right from wrong. But here's the the, the beautiful thing about it, Mike, is when let's say Christians are thinking right, yeah. they advance in ranks. We see the church growing. You know, over the years, we see that we see how God takes small groups and he and he he maximizes them, sometimes not in numbers, but in 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 duties and opportunities and great attributes. So these locusts advance, uh, Mike, in ranks, even without getting special orders from a special leader. Coach, the, the Word of God is so awesome. I mean, isn't it fun when you when, when you see something maybe you've read before, but it, but it pops off the pages? Like right here, the locusts have no king, yet all of them march in rank. You know, it's just, it's just fun when, when God's Word, the alive and active piece. Yes, and, and there is an orderliness to it, Mike. Mm. Finally, Mike, verse 28, the spider, let's just say the spider uh, skillfully grasped with its hands, and, and it is found in king's palaces. Now, the, the, another way of saying that, other versions, is that spiders are easily killed, yes. and yet they're still found in kings' palaces. Either way, no matter how you view that, um, that weak creature should be dead most of the time, and yet you find them, you find them in, in, uh, in places that are considered impoverished. And you'll find them in the richest castles in the world. Mm. (laughs) No matter what, these creatures somehow weave and find their way through to get wherever they got to get to in a very skillful way. So they're very opportunistic. So, Mike, we've had a, a preparation like the ant. We see foundation like the rock badger. We see teamwork like the locust. And we see opportunistic with the spider. These are under the hood, under the hood of the car attributes. This is what makes the engine go. And I believe that David had all of these qualities, Mike. Mm. He had all of these qualities. And that's why Samuel got a little confused because Samuel wasn't looking under the hood. Mm. And the problem with the people of Israel is that they were very outward uh, oriented and looking at Saul. And Saul was failing them because he did not have these ingredients of wisdom inside of him. And that's a great reminder for us today, Coach. Are we are we living like that? Are we living? Are we are we looking at outward appearances, or are we looking uh, underneath the hood in our heart, checking our heart? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. We have to we have to make sure that um, we are understanding that that so much is below sea level. 
SEE level. You know, we use the term below SEA level. Yeah. It's under the water. Right. But what's below sea level? Things that we don't see. And it, when you're living a life of faith and we're walking with Jesus Christ by faith, remember, faith is the evidence. The Bible says faith is the evidence of things unseen. The evidence of things unseen. So um, I, I think, Mike, that that's a, a great portion of Scripture. Um, and I, and I, it, it, makes me, it makes me wonder a little bit, and as we just stop and point the arrow back to us, yeah. am I guilty of that today? I mean, it's just, let's, I mean, obviously we can go back and look in the past and so forth, but I, I would say acutely it's probably happened today for most of us in the audience. It's happened to me today. I've measured things on the outward appearance. You know, I've kind of evaluated people. I've evaluated recruits. I've evaluated situations a lot on the outward on the outward situation. I've been circumstance-based instead of circumstance-free, Mike. The circumstances have, have, have dictated my thinking, and there's something wrong with that. So, Coach, if somebody's listening today and they're saying, you know what, Coach Brown, I did that. I did that five times uh, yesterday. What would you say to them, so just to give them uh, some encouragement as to maybe be on guard about that, to avoid that? Well, again, that's where the Word of God, Mike, is alive and active. It, it splits the hair, man. It, it dissects. And if you've come to recognize that, number one, that's a good thing. If you've recognized as a Christian that that's sin, the Holy Spirit has reminded you of what the Word of God has said. And you know, let, me, let me read Romans chapter 7, verse 25, Mike. Uh, the Apostle Paul is saying, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, or the inner man, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. You know, Mike, um, where will Satan want to attack us and keep us from being that man who relies on what's below sea level in Christ? It's, It's going to be... His mind. It's going to be his mind, Mike. Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be thoughts. Remember, that's why the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 to take captive of every thought. you got to put every thought. They've got to, you know, it's like kind of it's, it, the way you kind of go from one place to the next. You have to have credentials to get in. Your, your thoughts ought to have credentials to get in your brain wow. and get in yeah. your bloodstream. They should not be able to just walk on in and do whatever they want to do. Coach, that's great. That's a great reminder. And, and you know, from uh, you and I talking over the years, certainly uh, being on guard there, that, that's, a, that's a big-time warning right there to be on guard for. Yeah, and I think, Mike, I think we have to train. You know, the Bible says that, that, that it's through repetition. I believe it's Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14, I believe. And it talks about getting off of milk and going into meat. We have to graduate from milk to meat. There are some of us who are, who, are, who are baby Christians still, and we've been in the Lord for a while because we haven't allowed the Word of God to really train our thinking, and our thinking hasn't changed very much. And we're very subject to thoughts that come at us, but we have to learn how to use the Word of God. When you say alive and active, Mike, it's like a sword. Yes. 
It's the sword of the Spirit. We have to learn. It has to be yielded into this world. It, it, and that's why, see, the Bible tells us in, in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 13, by the Spirit put to death the deeds of the flesh. Oh, Coach, that's good. That's really good. And, and Coach, let me just say this. Um, you know, my passion is to share God's Word with people. And, you know, we talk about there's a lot of different uh, uh, Bible plans you could have, but but we always mm-hmm. talk about the one-year Bible uh, is a great great way to do it. It gives you an Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm, and a Proverb, and there are tools that go with that as well. But the one-year Bible has just, I've seen it transform. It's certainly transformed uh, my life. Uh, and many, many people that we've done studies with over the years have been transformed by just jumping in. And this is a kind of a, a nice way to jump in the one-year Bible. So, Mike, think, uh, you know, let's just go to you. Like, you, you, you came to know Jesus Christ probably when? What, what year, would you say? Uh, in 1996, uh, you mm-hmm. were speaking at Brooke Barringer's funeral. Oh, yeah, you heard that over there, right? That's right. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, like, when did the Word of God, from that point on, when did the Word of God really become instrumental in your life? I, I, w- I would say that six, six months later, I, w- I was just getting doses of Scripture seeing it. But mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. I remember um, that September, I, I, I was out in that, you know, that workout room out at my place, and, and I just started reading it. And I, and I ran in and told my wife, Lisa, 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 there's one God. And he's holy, hmm. and she and she's like looking at me like, okay. I go, no, no. There's one God, and he's holy. And but the word of God is, it's alive and active. Hmm. Yeah. So so like, but but you didn't just, um, you know. I think of this. Think about this analogy, Mike. You know, if you go to the health club every day, yeah, and and all you do is sit uh, in the hot tub, are you getting in shape? No, <laughs> <laughs> you're really not. And, you know, sometimes I thought when I was young in my Christian walk that just going to church, if I just go to church and I sit and bathe in the Word, uh, I, you know, the, I'm just listening to what the pastor said. I just bathe in that hot milk, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm getting in shape spiritually. But, man, I was wiltering on Monday. Man, I was sweating spiritually on Monday. I was out of shape because I hadn't built up anything inside, Mike. I wasn't graduating from milk to meat. Because I have to dive into the word also. Yes. I, yes, I need that world. I need that hot tub from the from the pastor from his word. But I need to get in a weight room each day, in terms of taking the analogy to reading the word of God, praying, yes. applying the word of God. You know what I'm saying? We we don't want to just let the pastors. Uh, the pastors do a great job, but it's also our responsibility, and we should be. Uh, what, what, is, what is it that you say? Uh, you encourage people that haven't read the word to get in there. Get Give it five minutes a day, and yeah. then they'll start running to it. Yeah, you know, uh, you know that that my first youth pastor—that's what he taught me, Mike. He he, um, uh, we were out in New York, just outside of New York City. He took us out there, out there for a retreat, and 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 he said, you know, I, I want you guys to learn the Bible. And I said, well, that means, man, that's those Bibles got some big words, a lot of tough concepts in there. And and he said, all you need is five. Just start with five minutes a day, Ron. Just yeah. start with five minutes. I said, five minutes? That ain't going to do nothing. This big old book, it take me five minutes to pronounce some of these words. <laughs> and he, he, said, he said, look, all we need from you is five minutes. Yeah. And you know what's going to happen? It's, like, it's going to be like eating one potato chip. Yeah. You're going to want more. Yeah. And more before you know it, the whole bag of chips is gone. Yeah. Before you know it, the word of God is going to be read. <laughs> You'll be an hour in the word of God and and not even blink an eye. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, coach, that's really good. And and we want to encourage people to to get in there. If you're not, get in the word of God. Mm. 
Well, Mike, uh, so what did we learn today, Mike? I mean, <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what. It, we, 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 first of all, our first show, which is really exciting to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. And then also, as you took us through 1 Samuel 16, 7, Proverbs 30, 24 through 28, mm-hmm. Romans 7, 25, just, just understanding this, just our, the right mindset to think about our thinking is extremely important. Yeah, and there's a difference between the outer man and the inner man. We have to, you know, Mike, I think it's Isaiah 58. Uh, I think it's 55. Isaiah 55. It tells us that God's ways are different than man's ways. So we got to start thinking the way God wants us to think. We got to start having a kingdom good, view, yeah. the kingdom of God view versus the kingdom of this earth view. And that's what sometimes messes us up. Coach, that's really good. Hey, Coach, uh, first show, it was great to do it with you. And uh, what I thought I'd do is uh, close us with Jude, uh, reading out of the book of Jude, uh, verses uh, 24 and 25, to close us out, if that's okay. Yes, sir. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, and now and forever. Amen. That's Jude 24 through 25. Mm, Amen. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next time on Alive and Active.